Coach Carroll here. Welcome to another episode of the Sales Factory. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you go sub- click the subscribe button on either Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, make sure you give us a five-star review if you're digging the content. It helps us help more people. Man, I've got an action packed episode for you today. I'm really excited about this. You guys know that we work with a ton of insurance agents and I've got Nicole Cogerham on the call today. She was awarded as the top loans closed with Rocket Mortgage in 2021. She's a State Farm agent and you guys may have seen all the ads that are out floating around that, you know, State Farm did this big deal with Rocket Mortgage to, to do these and and I went out, I sought her out and I said, "Hey, I found the number one person that uh, closed the most loans in 2021." And so we invited Nicole to come on to the Sales Factory podcast. She's a State Farm agent, like I said, she's down in Burlington, North Carolina. So Nicole Thanks so much for being a guest on the Sales Factory podcast. Of course. Thank you, DJ, so much. <laughs> and if you could just tell, uh, you know, tell the audience a little bit more about you. How long have you been an agent? You have kids? Like what's what's your family dynamic look like? Just so we kind of understand who we're hearing from today. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been a State Farm agent for 21 years prior to becoming an agent. I actually worked inside the company. Um, I was an auto adjuster and had chest pains every single day for a year. (laughs) So then I went into a health company, was a health underwriter. And then the last several years, I trained agents in life and health products and rolled out variable products. Wow. Yeah, I fell into insurance, um, just like everybody else does. One of my good friend's fathers was a mass mutual manager. He encouraged her to think about State Farm, which was real bizarre to me. Why (laughs) State Farm if he was with mass mutual? Um, I had the opportunity to meet with an agent on a Thursday. He gave me the ins and outs and I was in class on a Monday. This happened when I was a junior in college at NC State. Wow. Wow. You know, and, but I, I, I say that all the time, like no one, like the guidance counselors in, in high school never say like, wow, you, you're, a, you've really got some social skills. Have you ever considered being an insurance agent? I always think that like insurance agent is like, oh, what else went wrong in your life? And you ended up there, right? Like it's, it, they don't, it's not like this career that's pushed, but man, I know some very successful agents. I mean, we were just talking before we hopped on the call about Justin Cook, you know him and you know, he's a, he's a top agent in the company, makes a lot of money, lives a good life. And uh, so uh, congratulations on first on, on 20 plus years as an agent, that's a, a feat in itself, but you know, also being uh, in 2021, having more loans closed than anyone else in the company, that's gotta be pretty exciting, right? It was pretty exciting. Um, I really kind of got involved with it when I had a referral from another agent. It was his son-in-law. I put the loan in in December. I actually got a check in January and I thought, holy shamoly, (laughs) this may work out. So yeah, we actually got rolling in February and and made it happen. It was a blast. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, every, the first thing everybody's going to think of, right. And you even mentioned this to me when you messaged me. 
back. You're like, well, rates are higher now. And like, yes, of course, like there's economic cycles that will happen in, in things like real estate and mortgage. But nonetheless, I mean, there's 19,000 plus state farm agents. It's an, it's a feat in itself to, you know, heck be in the top half, let alone be number one. So you so see, you got that first check. Was that like when the light bulb went off and you're like, hey, maybe we should devote a little more time to chasing this down? <laughs> That is exactly what happened, DJ. And I'm normally not driven by money at all. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I'm more of a plaques, pins, awards type gal. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but that check came in and I thought, wow, this is crazy. Like <laughs> I could spend hours and hours and hours working on maybe one life case, or I could spend about 15, 20 minutes working on one mortgage and actually financially do better. Wow. Wow. And now was this something that like may maybe you were only focused on? Was your team involved? How, how did that work? Yeah. So what I realized was my team had so much on their plate already. Mm. Um, you know, I demand a lot from them. They're absolutely fabulous. I have very, very long tender team members and I um, want to keep them. Yeah. So I did not want to put anything else on their plate. They were already multi-lining, you know, auto fire, of course, then they go to life or possibly a disability policy. The last thing I wanted to do was put a fourth um, a fourth multi-line on them. So I knew I had okay. to make some changes in the office. And what I did was I actually hired a high school student. I hired a senior. Like um, as a co-op? No, it wasn't even co-op. It was just, hey, I called our local high school that my children actually attend mm -hmm. and said, hey, do you have anybody that gets out of school early? And they said, yes, we do. Um, and so uh, her name was Jessie and she's actually at Texas A&M now. She's an engineering wow. student. Yeah, very bright. <laughs> uh, and so Jessie started with me in February and I can tell you, Jesse drove the business um, until awesome. summer. And then from there, my son, my, I have a 17 year old drove the business through the summer. Wow. But yeah, so I did not put any additional work on my own team. Now they made decisions to refinance their own homes. And if they had friends, you know, they would discuss it just by their experience, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't put any additional work on the team. I put the work on the high school student. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, I would encourage um, any anyone out there to, you know, just get some assistance. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you just touched on something. I, I've talked about this. You know, I've got hundreds of YouTube videos out there. And I, I talk about early on, you know, like one of the first thing in a service business that you can kind of like let go of, right? Because you've got sales, you've got marketing, you've got administration, you've got operations. A lot of times it's like, well, what do I let go of first? And admin stuff is typically like the easiest thing to let go of. And I did the same thing, Nicole. So it's kind of funny when I started my first business, like the second year in, I was like, I do not have time to do all this invoicing stuff anymore. So I found the local high school I graduated from. We found a cheerleader and she co-opted for us and she came in two hours a day. And it was like just the right amount of, of assistance that I needed. And I think it's, I think it's heavily overlooked, um, you know, of going to the local high school and finding someone and, you know, it's, it's different than your average co-op job, right? I think, you know, there, at any time that you can help the younger generation uh, get a, a different look or a different experience, uh, it's, it's putting a little good karma back out in the world, right? <laughs> I totally agree. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
That's awesome. So it's cool then that you, so you guys really just kind of kept this thing siloed. And then, so was the, I mean, my brother's in mortgages as well. And I mean, there's not really a whole lot of selling that happened in 2021. It was pretty much like, oh, you have a 7%. I can lock you in at three, right? It's a done deal. So was it just massive volume? Then you're like, I've got to get as many applications submitted. Or did you guys, how did you work on that? Because I really, I'm really interested to see like, what was your process? Because we have some state farm agents that listen to this and maybe they saw your name and they're like, darn, I wanted to be number one. So like now we can maybe help them out, pull the curtain back a little bit and say, you know, here's, here's where you focused at that you saw really made the difference. Yeah, sure. We can certainly talk about last year and what we did last year. And then we can also talk about this year because obviously okay. this year's more new purchases. Um, but yeah, but last year we just took our fire book of business and my high school student, Jesse, she just went through each one of them. It was a bit monotonous to determine who they were all um, their mortgages were with. And then mm-hmm. from there, we would call the our rocket executive and say, Hey, this guy's currently with rocket. Can we do any better with them? And then, yeah, yeah. And then with everybody else, my high school student would just pick up the phone and say, Hey, there's a note in your file that Nicole wanted me to give you a call. Have you refinanced in the last 18 months? And, um, and that was basically it. And then from there, she would hand off the phone to me or, um, I would give them a call back later that night or on the weekends. And I would, I would just sell the application and I would encourage everyone just to think about selling the application. It's not selling the product. So often I think state farm agents got really involved with the calculators. No, just sell (laughs) that application. And then from, yeah. And then from there, our loan, um, our, our, uh, loan broker will pick it up for us. So that's what we did. That's what we did last year. Just a lot of phone calls, a lot of volume. We're real fortunate to have a, you know, a lot of um, homeowners in our book of business. And that's what we really worked. That's helpful. You know, I, and I think that's one of the overlooked things. And, um, you know, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you've heard me talk about my social assisted selling framework about, you know, how there are basically three categories uh, that you have to understand when it comes to marketing. You've got your outbound marketing, you've got your inbound marketing, but you also need to be marketing to your internal book of business and you can generate a ton of revenue. Nicole's telling you, like, they went through their current customers. That's where they went first. She didn't go run a, TV campaign. It was, Hey, let's figure out what fish are already in our pond that we could help. And I just would encourage you, if you're listening to this, it's a huge, huge deal to, to really, and I know with state farm, you guys, it's a, you guys have a lot more compliance, but to some of the younger entrepreneurs that are listening or the contractors that are out there, having a CRM, having it well-documented is uber important because as your business grows and you get in, you know, 15 years, 20 years, you'll get to the point where you'll have enough people in your book of business that you may not need to advertise as much, or you, you know, you can generate additional revenue on top of your new customer's coming in just from your current book of business. So Nicole, thanks so much for sharing that with us. That's huge. Let's pivot now. What about this year? Because obviously rates are going back up. The 10 years over 3%. We won't talk about the Dow dropping a thousand points yesterday. But let's not. <laughs> let's, so, so what are you guys doing now uh, with new purchases, right? Because refis aren't really making a whole lot of sense for most people. There's probably still some out there. But for the most part, the refi craziness is over. How are you guys handling purchases now? 
Right. So what we are doing now is we are actually going out and recording new real estate agents. So often the ones that you see all over town already have mortgage brokers that are in their back pocket that are probably paying for leads for them and doing things that obviously we don't want to do. So what I've been doing is I've been having lunch a couple of times a week with real estate agents that have been in the business less than one year Uh and no one ever says no it's kind of like they want a free lunch and they're excited yeah that I'm (laughs) reaching out and inviting them and then from there they realize that I can offer a resource that's local that's Mm. personal and even just a one-stop shop one-stop shop with the mortgage as well as the homeowners. Yeah, and on top of it. Yeah, exactly. That has been extremely successful. I know a lot of people don't like to go out and meet people and have lunch, but you just got to put on your big boy pants and go do it, right? I love it, especially after the two years us being locked away. You know, it's like Zooms are amazing, right? It allows me to to reach across the multiple states and hop on a call and stuff. But man, I'm so happy to be able to go back out and have lunches and drinks and happy hours because, you know, there's just something special about doing business face-to-face. Unfortunately, you know, we don't get to always see all of our clients because, you know, a lot of our State Farm agents are spread all over the U.S. But uh, we do have Kelly Hagar. She's a shout out to Kelly. She's from Florida successful agent. She came in town for the Derby. So when, when agents come in for the Derby, we get to entertain them a little bit, but you're, you're so right that like, especially those new ones, right? Those new real estate agents. And you're smart to think that way because they're hungry. Like they're like, I will meet anybody and everybody because I'm trying to do a deal. And so that gives you that opportunity to get in front of them. And I would say that most state farm agents aren't doing that. They get so they get so stuck in like operating the day-to-day of their business, like most small business owners do. Um, but you know, getting your head up and out, as I always say, is super important. So um, have you had luck with those? Like have you converted some of those yet? What's how's that going? Yeah, it's actually growing great. Um, in fact, just last week I had three new purchase applications because of these new real estate agents. Yes, it is going well. (laughs) Rock on. (laughs) I know right now our inventory is still quite low. Um, but I think as interest rates increase, the inventory hopefully will increase a bit as well as prices will come down. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's just a matter of time. It's typically how it works. Um, That's awesome. Is there any like specific like um, sales strategy or sales tactic maybe? I mean, I know you just gave us one there, but like, is there something that you did that really helped you like close a business? And I know like nobody wants to be like a pushy salesperson, but at the end of the day, sometimes prospects just need to be closed. Otherwise, I I always tell my team and and clients that I work with, like nothing happens until a close is, is, is made. Like nothing happens until sales made. The, the client doesn't receive the benefit. The person selling doesn't receive their side of the benefit. Like closing is not a dirty word. So is there something like what, what did you really do to help those people push those applications over the edge? Yeah. So what I basically did was just kind of constantly encourage, 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 let's just put an application in. And then they would ask questions. What's the interest rate going to be? I'm not sure, but What I would tell them is let's go ahead and put the application in and then I'll go over the rate that Mm. the computer generates. Mm. Now, I have the best mortgage banker on the planet. 
He's going to contact you. And from there, he's a human and he knows where all the sweet spots are. So whatever he tells you is going to be the best thing for you to do. And so that's kind of how I got over the fact of, Hey, I can't see everything. I can't sell this personally. Well, I can go over what the computer tells me, but he knows Mm. where everything is. Just trust him. Mm. And that worked out. It worked out really, really well. So just, you know, use your contacts and use the people that actually know how to close it. My close was the application. And I always said, you know, to my, my other agent friends, my job was to fish. My ah. mortgage banker's job was to create a gourmet meal. And that's what he did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you had mentioned something earlier about your, you've got a very tenured team. I wanted to talk about that uh, for a second, because I know we're getting close. We'll be wrapping up here shortly. Hopefully you guys are taking lots of notes if you're listening to this, because Nicole is dropping some fire for you. Also, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, you haven't left a review, go do that as well. But uh, Nicole, I want to ask you, you said you've got a tenured team. Let's talk a little bit about that, because you know, a couple of years ago, I really like just got infatuated with like company culture. Like We redid our mission statement. We redid our core values. Like We do give projects every quarter now, where we go back and give out to the community and like i'm just today we did derby like we did a derby drawing where we all selected horses and brought snacks in and everybody dressed up i've got my party horses hat on uh but uh is there something that you can give the audience something that you can tell them about what's really helped you keep that tenured team um and maybe maybe even some mistakes you made in the past uh while you're trying to figure out what you needed to do yeah so um Every decision I make is based on what I would personally like. So with that being said, if I get an email that that says my son has a baseball game at 3.30, can I leave at 3.15? I say, Nicole, would you like to leave at 3.15 if your son had a baseball game? Well, the answer is going to be absolutely, absolutely. And so honestly, it's really the golden rule. Treat people Mm. how you want to be treated. Um, I really believe in the um, reaping what you sow. You sow good seeds, good soil, and then you reap. And also the law of reciprocity. If you love, love, love your team members, they're not only going to love you back, but most importantly, they're going to love your clients back. And so, yeah, we have a great time. We've traveled every year. If I travel, we, yeah, if I travel, they travel. We went to um, LeBlanc in Cancun last year. We're going to Cabo um, in a few months. And we've probably been on about 18 cruises together. So just a lot of, lot of fun times, um, Mm. providing experiences to them that they would never um, experience on their own rather than just, obviously they make a good, great, great financial living with um, income. But um, in addition to that, I want them to not just blow their money on groceries or blow their bonus on groceries. I want them to have experiences. Wow. And I, I can only imagine the, the culture that you guys have there with that. And I, I love what you said there. If you love them, then they'll love the clients. And that's exactly you guys got to write that one down because that's a good one. Uh, if you love them, they'll love the clients. Wow. Uh, Nicole, that's that's awesome. How long how long has the person that's been with you the longest? How long have they been there? Yeah, sure. So um, my first hiree actually retired 
um, three years ago. So she was with wow. me the whole time. She officially retired was 65. Um, my, my second hire has been with me for 20 years. Wow. And then I had right. And then I have like um a 16, a 15, a 12. Holy it's smokes. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And then I think a a four and a three. And okay. um, we just hired um Massey. Massey um went to the same school as Jesse and good friends with Jesse. Oh wow. Uh, Jesse went to Texas A&M and Massey decided to come to us full time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, that just speaks. I think that speaks to your leadership ability too, right? Like people want to work at a company where they have good leadership that they can follow. And I think that's really important and sometimes overlooked as well. Cause you know, the old uh, 1950s type of management where, you know, you need to do what I say, cause I write your paychecks. That doesn't work anymore. People don't want to work in an environment like that. Um, they want to work where they can be a appreciated where they could be loved on, like you said. And for those of you that didn't understand when, when Nicole meant travel, that's a, a an award level uh, with State Farm that if you achieve certain metrics, then you get to go on the trip. And uh, did I say that right, Nicole? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like it's a, uh, it's a great trip. Yeah, and you're right. Like we're not talking about going to Kings Island for the weekend. Like this is these are normally outside the country, or if they are in the country, they're at some big resort. So that's amazing that you take your team with you as well. Because you said something. You said if I'm traveling, we're traveling, and that's I, I think that's a like that team effort is so important. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we just again, we just have a lot of fun. We work hard, but we still have you know just so much fun together. I love it. Now, I know that this is probably the toughest question I'll ask you, uh, but a lot of times we learn from our mistakes, right? And so I always like to ask attendees, like, you, you know, if, the, if people are listening right now, they're like, man, she's just got it figured out. I want to kind of peel back the onion a little bit, though. Like, what's like one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made? And like, what'd you learn from that? Because while oftentimes from the outside looking into entrepreneurs, it seems like we have it all figured out, but it's because nobody really notices the failures. They only see the successes. So do you mind peeling back the onion with us a little bit, getting a little vulnerable and, and telling us about maybe one of the biggest mistakes you made and like, what, what did you learn from it? Yeah, for sure. So um, I used to hire people by myself years and years ago. Um, Yeah. Candidates would come in. I would feel great about them. I think everything, you know, looks lovely on the outside and then they would uh, start working and we realized, holy shamoli, this isn't what we thought this was. So we, (laughs) Yeah, so we change our hiring process. Um, so now what happens is we have a small team. There's nine of us, but we all sit down and we all interview the candidate together multiple times, really? multiple times. Wow. Yes. Yes. And everybody gets a vote. And if anybody of the nine says, no, I don't feel comfortable with it, then the candidate is not hired. Wow. So it has to be like a, like 100% unanimous decision. Like it has to be 100% voted in or that's exactly right. Exactly. Talk about protecting the company culture. Holy smokes. (laughs) Absolutely. And then the additional thing that happens is they actually take the candidate either out to lunch, normally out to dinner, just so they'll have more time without me. And then the candidate normally lets their hair down and kind of shows their true colors. So we find out a lot about them that way. Um, But since we've been doing that, we've been quite successful. 
Yeah, no, and I mean that like when talk about hiring slow and firing fast. I mean, if they've got to go to a do they go to a meal with each individual person? It's all of them together. All of them together, but you're it's, not there. I'm not there. Exactly. Wow. I'm not there. Yes, but they've met the team members, you know, three or four times on interviews, so they are feeling comfortable and um, you know, if they decide, you know, whatever they decide to order to drink or eat is fine and you know, we just kind of get to know them more on a personal basis. They yeah, do. Wow. Yeah, it, because ultimately, like, I mean, yes, like you're the owner, you're the person running the show, but like day to day, they're going to be working together. So for you, I think this is genius because it's like, look, if you guys can't get along at dinner, like you're not going to get along three more months from now in the office. So let's right. figure out if this is going to work now before we get invested in all this training and licensing and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And then when the team members, you know, know that they were part of high hiring the new employee, then they're going to be willing to actually help them train, help them succeed. Mm. And then again, love them. Yeah. It's not like looking over his shoulder, like this Mike guy who hired him. It's like, right. well, you, you did, right? Like, yeah. so, like the team did. So now it's, it's like, okay, let's help Mike succeed. Cause we're kind of all in this. And then I'm just thinking too, is like, if they do fail, it's like, well, the team didn't see that coming. Right. Like, it's like, it all goes back on the team. That's so amazing. I've never heard anybody do it like that before. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. DJ. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, I know we're coming up uh, on the end of it here. These, these podcasts always go so fast. I'm super excited to have you uh, here in season four of the Sales Factory podcast. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you, maybe they say, hey, Nicole, I got a follow-up question about XYZ. Maybe it's another state farm agent, or maybe it's just one of our, our people that are listening. Uh, how's the best way to find you? Like, are you online on, on all the social platforms or how, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm online on all social platforms. It's Nicole Morton Cocker Ham, Morton Light the Salt. Um, <laughs> and then my email address is Nicole at NicoleCockerham.com. Awesome. That's so cool. Um, what's something that you was that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't? Oh goodness, DJ. It's a good uh, question, right? <laughs> I know. That is a good question. Um the one other thing I just want to remind everyone is just be mindful that uh, what's important for you mm. personally. Um, I made a personal choice early on that being a mom and being a wife was number one. And so I've always overstaffed. I wanted to be able to, you know, leave every day or even work on a part-time basis when my children were young. Uh, wow. You know, now I make sure I leave by three o'clock if my son has, you know, track or a baseball game. Wow. But uh, just, re just recently, you know, I, I realized that I, you know, I have no regrets, even though I probably could have made more money, um, had less team members over the years. Mm. Um, no regrets knowing that my children don't see me as a state farm agent or a working, a working person. They see me first as a mom. Wow. That's solid. Um, I got me a little choked up a little bit, actually, because that's I mean, it's just it's so true because I really think you have to. That's why I always tell people you have to start with happiness, like happiness is first and foremost. And I don't think that's talked about enough in entrepreneurship. We see the Lamborghinis and the private jets and all this money, you know, Instagram and all this stuff. But it's like ultimately you have to be happy. Um, and that's why, you know, back in 2017, 2018, before the pandemic even happened, I called, I've, I've got YouTube videos and Facebook videos where I was 
post. I'm like, look, the 2020s are going to be like the 1920s. It's going to be proprietorship because of the internet. You know, you take a mom to your point, Nicole, like you take a mom that's making 70 a year, but she's miserable. She hates her job. She's never home. She's always forced to work overtime. And she finds out that she can open an Etsy store and make 40 a year but have the freedom to be around her family, she's leaving that job. Like, you know, the internet has made that stuff available. And so good for you to know that like out the gate and just knowing like who you are. And I can tell you're a very authentic person. And that, that means a lot to me. I like, I like doing business and, and, and meeting people that are authentic. And so congratulations on all your success. Thanks so much for everything that you've shared with us today in the sales factory guys. If you're listening to this, I encourage you reach out to Nicole. If you have a follow-up questions, um, we, we were just a mutual connection on Facebook. It's kind of funny. She asked me before we hopped on the call. She's like, how do we, how do we get here? Right. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where, it, you know, I saw her post that she was the top uh, loan closer for 2021. I'm like, this would be the perfect person to have as a guest in the sales factory. So Nicole, thanks so much for your time today. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, look forward to maybe having you on again in, uh, in a future season. DJ, thanks so much. It was my pleasure. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you go leave a review. Again, it helps me help more people and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss on any of the future episodes or future seasons. As always, hustle, it's worth it. Here's to your success.